1: Oh,
2: recorded live. i
0: June 1st, 2016, the very first day of the month of June, mm-hmm. and summertime right around the corner here. Already things starting to heat up and ready to roll here. And this is episode number 169. Ha ha ha. Not that 69. No, no. <laughs> episode number 169 of the Mothership Broadcast. Of course, one year older, continuing to be bolder, of the WWS Radio Network, the one and the only WWS Revolution. <clears throat> I'm, of course, Mr. WWS Chad Hinchot, back on the line here with you, and, of course, on the line here with me here tonight, uh, one half of the news tag team known simply as King Ice. I have the one and the only Iceman, J.D., Jared D. Dromo, of course, 2015 WS. Hall of Famer, of course, from Raw Radio and also part of Raw, the host of Raw Radio and also as well as part of some uh, a lot of our other shows here in the radio network as well. And tonight, ladies and gentlemen, uh, uh, a little special treat here, I will be, uh, assisting uh, JD in giving out our wrestling news and views of the day, and of course, last night due to, of course, uh, uh, the wrestling history and birthdays for today being given out on last night's edition of Revolution, we won't be giving, doing that doing that again here tonight. Uh, we'll be probably doing a little bit a few, a few little extra things here uh, on tonight's show. Uh, so we don't know don't know, don't know what, the, what that's going to be yet, but we'll definitely you know dive on in into it. Um, and we'll just have some general talk here about it. Once we <clears throat> once we get uh, uh, get on into later on in the show, and of course I uh, will have of course definitely have to do this as well. JD, of course, welcome to number one hundred and sixty nine of the of the main show, the membership broadcast, the one and the only, the head cheese, the main. Uh, you know what I'm talking about, the one and the only. Ask for it by name, as they always say. You know simply about that big old. Word that starts with the letter R, the one and the only Revolution.
1: It's Wednesday night, and we're ready to start out June with a bang.
0: Absolutely, and of course, like I said, summer right around the corner. Things heating up, ready to roll here in the radio network. And of course, like I said, ladies and gentlemen, we'll go on and dive right on into our Western news and views of the day. And we're going to listen to my, well, I said, what well, myself and JD, and of course, hopefully we'll have some more folks pop on here, pop on in here and help us out here tonight. But <clears throat> uh, definitely, definitely uh, give us a call here, uh, here on the line one seven two four 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 seventy four forty four. Call ID one three eight zero five five pound. And definitely, uh, you know, uh, chime and press that one and chime in and let us know anything, anything that uh, you want. Uh, like I said, uh, throw out there and uh, we'll uh, <clears throat> definitely throw it out there to you in the world here of professional wrestling. <coughs> and so, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, we're going to dive right on into it. Of course. Like I said, I will I will tonight of course uh uh f- helping out uh my main man, the iceman here, D Drama, of course filling in for the other main man, the mainstay of the radio network and the COO of W C W S Keen WO Smith, uh, of course, who has who has who's who who's not gonna be able to uh help us out tonight. Um of course I'll be uh coming in and helping us out with uh uh, uh helping out with, with our rest of the news and views of the day. So let's just go ahead and dive right on in and see what we have in store. Uh of course first off uh <clears throat> some of the latest headlines here uh, of of today. And let's see what we have uh going on here. Uh hmm. Let's see what we have right here. Uh, hmm, excuse me. Um uh, of course we have a, a um, um an NX uh the NXT report here courtesy of PWInsider.com. dot com. Um of course at takeover, uh, you have Dash Wilder and Scott Dawson make the way to the ring, because I, I obviously I was having something to say. Uh <clears throat> they're going to take back the tag team titles that of course they have go to pay-per-view takeover and become the first ever two time NXT tag team champions. Uh <clears throat> And, of course, Scott, um, of course, uh, the current champion, Scott, says they're not, they don't have enough gusto and fortune. But these seem to say that American Alpha are good amateur athletes, but this is the big time to come take over. They're going to show who they are and say maybe American Alpha can take their tie and wipe off the tears when they lose the belts. Whoa, okay. Uh, also, Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano make their way to the ring. And uh, Dash asks them if they can help Tommaso. And Johnny, Tommaso, Tommaso says, The time of the top has come and gone. Everybody knows that American Alpha is better than you. You cannot beat them, and you cannot beat us. Scott says, that is cute. Two generic undersized bearded guys who think think they are good. Dash says, they are good hands. Tomasa wants to know if they are talking about them or themselves. (laughs) Scott says, the renaissance of the tag team division is due to them. Scott tells them to go back to their bingo hall so the top guys can handle top guy business. Tommaso asks if they're going to take care of business. They took care of business in Dallas when they lost. Ooh, Dash says they can say that they were champions unlike you. Jamokes, I like that word. (laughs) That's hilarious. When you have have won anything, you come see the revival, and maybe they will talk for Scott and Dash leave the ring. Johnny says for top two. Two top guys are moving up that ramp real fast. Dash and Scott go back into the ring, but Gargano and Ciampa with dropkicks to send them to the floor. Scott goes to the apron and he is stopped by Johnny and Tommaso. Scott and Dash appear to have accepted the challenge implied by Gargano and Ciampa. Nakamura is in the interview area with Kathy Kelly and and she asks him about his match with Austin Aries. Nakamura says he thinks Austin Aries will bow down to the king of strong style. Nakamura leaves. Uh, Of course, they have Match with Ty Dillinger versus Buddy Murphy. Ty Dillinger pulls off the win in that match. Uh, of course, Corey Graves sits down with Bust Simul Jump and Finn Balor. Um, let me see here. Uh, and of course, uh, of course, this is going to get hit. of course this all gets heated up for their upcoming battle. It's going to get pretty interesting. Uh the next match at this NXT Elias Santos takes on Austin Aries. Austin Aries pulls off the win with a with a, of course the, the uh, last uh the last chancery there in, in that match. and that bout. Uh match number three, of course, uh, Gargano and Campo versus uh uh Scott, uh Scott Dawson uh and Gargano and Campo pull off the win in that match. And of course I do remember this, the contract signing at NXT. I did, I did see this between Ascua and Nia Jax. Uh, Nia Jax apparently attacked Ascua during this. Uh, uh, and uh, so this is a uh, so thing that really getting eaten up with the, apparently the women's women's title match here between, um, like I said, between Nia Jax and Ascua. So we'll definitely have to wait and see definitely where this goes in here and this. But let's see what we have. Let's see what else we have going on here. Uh, also, uh, another uh, another couple more here, and I'll, I will definitely get it over to other JDs. So the other JD's got two or three things he wants to talk about. Uh, apparently, there's going to be another uh, animated film, uh, of course, can, uh, teaming up the WWE with uh, Hanna Barbera's beloved Scooby Doo. Hmm. Huh. Very interesting here. Let's take a look at this. Uh, the trailer has been released for the second WWE Scooby-Doo anime crossover film from Warner Bros. Animation and WWE Studios. Scooby-Doo and, and WWE: Curse of the Speed Demon will future appearances and voice work <clears throat> by The Undertaker, one of the main characters in the film. Triple H, Vince McMahon, Stephanie McMahon, Rusev, Los Matadoras, The Miz, Lana, Goldust. Stardust, Seamus, El Torito. I can't believe this, and the late Dusty Rhodes. Huh? I think. Unbelievable. Ain't that something? Ain't that so? Ain't that shocking? In the film, WWE be sponsoring a cross-country race with a number of their towns teaming up. The race. In the initial script, Dusty Rhodes and Hulk Hogan were racing together as a legends team. Hogan's departure in WWE in July 2015. It should be interesting to see how that was changed. The film will will be released on DVD on August the 9th. Beyond the initial Scooby-Doo WWE animated film, WWE Studios and Warner Bros. have released a WWE Flintstones crossover and have a crossover animated film with the Jetsons in the works. Mm -hmm. I I, I have to see how the one with the Jetsons uh, works. That would be pretty good. They also have been developing a series of shorts featuring WWE personalities in the ring with Hanna-Barbera characters that were designed as short form content that would be on, would be, air, that would air on the Cartoon Network. So huh. definitely we have to wait and see how that uh, turns out. In that, uh, uh, of course, I think the WrestleMania one that they came out with not too long ago was pretty good. I actually got that on DVD. That uh, that turned out to be pretty. That was right that was a pretty good one. Uh, uh, and um, I'll read off a couple couple more here. Uh, and of course, of course, with um, of course with the, with the story popping up by WWE 2K17, um, of course this will be coming out at. Um, okay, of course this is of course Megan lied about this. Uh, WWE website's Matthew Art, Art, Artists, I believe this what it is, has a very good interview with former WCW and WWE World Champion Bill Goldberg, discussing his inclusion in the WWE 2K17 video game and his history in the business. And, of course, on the potential of a return to WWE for a final match Goldberg comment, I've got 50, 50 more in me. It just depends on the ability to keep it up to my standards. I love everybody to death, and I greatly appreciate their opinions, but none of it matters except for mine because I hold myself to such high standards. The reality is you've got movies, TV appearances, a kid, you're 49 years old, things aren't like they, aren't they used to be. It's a completely different day. I'm 20 to 30 pounds less than what I was because I just don't need to be that dude with traps from his ears to his shoulders would I have to be that guy again absolutely he's still in there on it and of course he comments on his 2003 to 2004 run WWE Goldberg commented on this it was a big jump and it was very strange for me I mean I was the bad guy man everybody from WCW we were the enemy it was a very tenuous, strenuous, very weird situation because both entities had wanted nothing more than to destroy the other. Yes, I'm, I remember hearing about that. Once we came together, there was still a bit of that dynamic. It was so ingrained in us. I don't think you could have snapped your fingers and had it go away. There was a transition period. For myself I only knew W C I only knew WCW for myself I only knew WCW. I only knew the experiences I had in WCW. That was the wrestling business when, it was, when I was presented with different situations, different philosophies, or ideals about or outlooks. It was foreign to me, and of course, there's a the interview is a little bit more complete on pwinsider.com. If you want, definitely take a gander of that as well. But, uh, but of course, the ladies and gentlemen, also you had to check out the trailer for the new WWE 2K17 game, which actually kind of features, uh, you know, you know Goldberg in the commercial, and I've got to tell you it almost kind of brings back the memories of Goldberg being walked down the aisle, being surrounded by police officers and security guards and all that. That was just absolutely hilarious. Um, and of course, one thing that uh, we, I did hear about this earlier, but from our own Iceman here, I'm sure J.D., you were going to talk comment about this, but I've got to say this myself. This is about the attendance on raw. The raw audience actually drops slightly. Uh, the, for May 30th, the Memorial Day edition of Raw, which, with the return of John Cena, garnered 3,229,000 viewers. Downside from the previous week's 3,269,000 viewers. Given the NBA Western Conference final game, did almost 60 million viewers, and it was a holiday. That was a solid number. Hmm. And, of course, looking at this, looking at the list of what they have here so far, uh they they have not been. They have struggled to be to be past three million. They have they have on average three million viewers. Uh, on average, the last time they hit that was around the beginning of April, according to their numbers here. Uh, so that that's an average number. I mean, and they got all three hours listed here, and. You know, that's just an average number. But uh, the thing is, I mean, uh, the, their lowest here is – let me see if I can find the lowest one. Their lowest one uh, – no, I'm sorry. Their highest one, I actually believe it or not, was all the way back in January. And the one I said in April only has, is only down by only uh, 4,000 viewers. Hmm. So just right behind it was only 4,000 viewers. But uh, the lowest one out of this stack is was actually around the end of, the end of April with three million one hundred twenty-eight thousand. So, it, like I said, Raw has been struggling, and like I said I think JD still continue to raise that big that big point about you know WWE. Like I said, going have to. One thing I'm sure that they would do that would kind of help them out a bit would be you know if they was to. Uh, they want to get rid of one of those hours, but uh, anyway, JD, if you have, uh, and as as Gerard does put it here in the on the news and view segment, I will uh, I will um, tag you in, so you go on right ahead, and see what you have in our news and views
1: tonight. Well, we got three things, or three and a half things to discuss. Obviously, of course, first off, as you mentioned, of course, the rains were not very good Monday night. Of course, being going up against Game Seven of the Western. Uh, uh, final of the NBA Finals between Oklahoma City and Golden State, and of course, game one of the Stanley Cup series between Pittsburgh and San Jose, they did a 2-2 rating, so they did a very poor rating hour once again. Hopefully, they'll be able to pick up this next week in Oklahoma City, of course, uh, with three weeks to go to Money in the Bank, obviously, with the return of uh, John Cena, however, and uh, going up against those two particular uh, things, as well as also... Uh, I believe it was the Bachelorette if I'm not mistaken on Monday night too. However, it was a tough night all around on the holiday. Uh, meanwhile on july sixteenth in Madison Square Garden, the WWE has announced that they will be returning there for a house show and here are the people that have listed been listed so far. Dean Ambrose versus Chris Jericho in a street fight, John Cena versus A. J. Styles and of course Roman Reigns for the world title. Other people that include they'll be included on the show include The New Day, Kevin Owens, Charlotte Rick Flair is advertised still somewhat. Luke Gallows, Carl Anderson, The Club, The Usos, The Vaudevillains, Apollo Crews, and Natty. Of course, they will be going live three days later, of course, with SmackDown, if you will, let's just say, on that particular Tuesday. So that will be on Friday, July 16th. And sad news to report, however, we continue to, uh, give you updates on the Jimmy Superfly Schnuka story, however, apparently earlier today his lawyer, the judge, announced earlier today, however, that he has been declared mentally incompetent and he will not now stand trial for the 1983 murder of Nancy Argentino. however, he will be allowed to, I believe, move in with his son, however, but I believe their next hearing is set for sometime either later this year or early next year, and, uh... One sport note to report, however, early on, however, of course, we talked a little bit of keeping an eye on it. Pretty much, we kept an eye on it during the debate show tonight between Pittsburgh and San Jose. It is midway through the second right now. It is nothing Pittsburgh as Phil Kessel got his 10th goal of the postseason early in the second period. So with about 7.40 to go in the second period so far, Pittsburgh is clinging to a one-goal lead here in Game 2 and hoping to go up 2-0 here in the Stanley Cup Final. Okay, JD. Thank you very much sir, for
0: providing that uh, extra info. Thank you very much, there, Sarah. I appreciate it. Uh, I did get did receive word uh, just a couple of minutes ago while we were, uh, while we were reading my portion of the news that the Houston Press Machine John Gross did check in just momentarily, and he said he should be on the airwaves in the next couple of minutes, so we should hear about him. Uh, we should hear from him here momentarily. Uh, here soon, uh, soon probably in the next few moments. So uh we'll, we'll hear from him as over here as soon as possible. Uh so J D uh said, always thank you very much here. Of course, J D along with, of course mainly we'll with the main man himself King w. O. J. R. T. Smith. and WO Smith. It's King Yes, of course your premier WWS news team here in the radio network, and of course they always do all the rest of the news that's fit to print. And of course if if it, if the news here does not fit, <clears throat> they will of course always make it fit. <laughs> As I always say here in the radio network, 1-724-444-7444, call ID 138055-POUND. you pound. You're listening to one, episode 169 of the Mothership Broadcast episode of the U.S. Revolution. I'm, of course, Mr. W.S. Chad Hinshaw back on the line here with you. Of course, joining me here is <clears throat> the Iceman J.D., Jerry B. Juallo, of course, the host of Raw Radio, Every, uh, Monday afternoon from 3 to 5, right here on TalkShoot.com, of course, 2015 Hall of Famer first part of all of our other shows in the radio network. Now just join us in the chat box here at Human Soup Machine John Gross, the first two thousand sixteen Hall of Famer. <clears throat> also JD's partner from well radio every Monday afternoon from like I said from three to five. Uh and like I said, uh since uh, like I said John did take care of the rest of his birthdays here. Uh uh <clears throat> So, ladies and gentlemen. So, like I said, we do have, like I said, uh, our raw radio broadcasting here with us here uh, tonight. Uh, uh, <clears throat> for me, there for just one second, I would just. Uh... Oh, John, honor said you said you said it was you. So yeah, so he came in as a guest a minute ago. JD, let me know that he would be on the airwaves in a few minutes. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. I understand that, John. That's no problem. Um,
2: well, let me tell you, let me, uh, uh
0: <clears throat> let's do this. I, I've always, uh, I know i talked about this already, but, uh, hmm. Let's talk about. Uh, of course, we talk about uh, some of the greatest superstars of all time to hold certain championships. Uh, I like to pinpoint one particular championship. I mean, one belt that we always talk about. Uh, of course, one of the greatest belts of all time, of course, is the Intercontinental Championship. Uh, let's uh, <clears throat> let's, well, let's let's do this here. To, let's do this here tonight. I like to run down. Like I said, I'm sure. Like I said, Wikipedia has has, like I said, a plethora, like a like a history of, like I said, of you know, of, of who's held that belt and and you know, of how long they held it. Um, <clears throat> some some history about it. I tell you what it's just kind of a small, infamous profile series. We'll extend it down. Let's just do, I tell you what, let's just do a history about that tonight. About right. we got plenty of time to do this. we like the Intercontinental Champion. We don't get a chance to do it this often. We don't have a whole lot to do. Let's just do this. Let's let's do that. All right. uh, just a brief thing here. I think y'all will love this here. Uh, <clears throat> and this is, of course, courtesy of our friends at Wikipedia. And uh, while I get that warmed up here, let me take care
1: Oh, well, right now I'm watching a trailer. You might like there, Chad. It's uh, Jason Bourne.
0: Oh, talking about the newest edition in the Bourne series.
1: Yes. Excellent, yeah.
2: excellent. But uh.
0: Let's see what we've got going on right here with the WWE Intercontinental Championship. And, of course, you yeah, will definitely let's see what we have going on right here. Here we go. WWE Intercontinental Championship is, is of course, a professional wrestling championship in WWE. Currently right now, of, of course, uh, you know, we may not seem to watch it, is currently being held by The Miz. Not, I'm sure, J.D., you would agree that we're not that crazy about it. No, we're
1: not crazy about The Miz. Uh, but The way- uh, Who's actually making a new film, believe it or not, the Marine 5.
0: They're still asking him to play the lead character? Yeah, he he's
1: back with Summer Rae, Bo Dallas, Curtis Axel. Yeah, they started filming but that starting yesterday. Yeah, he's thing? going to be coming out with the Marine 5, believe it or not. And they're putting
0: Summer Rae back in one of those
1: things? Uh-huh, same thing, yep. Oh, my,
0: oh, my goodness. Well, let's see what we got going on with this. So, anyway, let's just go on with this, and we'll talk more about that some more down the road. Along with the WWE uh, United States Championship is one of WWE's secondary titles. Although generally contested in the mid-card at WWE shows, the title was defended in the main events of WrestleMania 6, SummerSlam in 1992, the third and eighth in-your-house events, and Backlash in 2001. The championship has been called... A stepping stone to the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. It's always been that. It's always been secondary to that belt. Mm-hmm. Always. Yes. Sorry, I think in WCW, wasn't the U.S. belt secondary to the world title in WCW? I
1: think. Wasn't it, JD? It? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Wasn't, wasn't the, U, the U.S. belt in WCW secondary mm-hmm. to the. Yep. Yeah, okay. All right. Now, of course, the etymology about it, the term intercontinental. In the title, it originally referred to North and South America.
1: Michelle said she she just sent me a message. She's going to uh, try to make it on. She's eating dinner, so she might be a little late coming in.
0: That's quite all right. So if she catches right in the middle of this, I mean, that's quite all right. So we do appreciate it. Uh, Thank you for that. That's it there, GD. Thank you. In 1985, the belt design changed. The center plate now centered on the Atlantic Ocean and a map including Western Africa and Europe. Okay. On April 10, 1999, the championship was first defended outside of North America by Rick Rude against the Ultimate Warrior in Milan, Italy. Hmm. Okay. On March 30, 1991, Mr. Perfect made the first Asian defense against the Texas Tornado at a WWF co-promotion with Super World of Sports in Tokyo, Japan. Hmm. It first came to Africa on April 6, 1997, when champion Rocky Maivia pinned Savio Vega in Durban, South Africa. Shelton Benjamin made the first Australian defense on April 7, 2006, pinning Gene Snitsky in Brisbane. Wow. Very, very interesting.
1: Yeah, yes. you think of the U.S., but you never thought places like Africa and Australia and Japan, those places, would have a chance to see something in yeah, history. You never
0: you never thought that. And, of course, like I said, keep in mind that the European belt, you know, was rarely ever def- defended in Europe. And yeah. Except, like I said, where it was actually first won. And um, and then, of course, I think that's the reason why I think they got rid of it was because it was hardly ever defended in Europe. And I bet that's what it was. Yeah. Uh, WWF North – okay, here's the history behind it. WWF North American heavyweight champion Pat Patterson became the inaugural champion on September 1st, 1979. It was said he had unified his title with the South American Heavyweight Championship in a tournament in Rio de Janeiro, although both the tournament and South American Championship were entirely fictional. I've see, also- I heard, see,
1: I heard that too, but I heard it's not true. It depends on how you uh, look at it, though.
0: Right. Yeah. Exactly. Of course, they always they've always change stories around from the past and all that too. On October 17, 1999, China became the became the only woman to hold the Intercontinental Championship by defeating Jeff Jarrett at No Mercy. Following the World Wrestling Federation's purchase of World Championship Wrestling in March 2001, the title was unified with the WCW United States Championship at Survivor Series causing the United States Championship to become inactive. The United States Champion Edge defeated the Intercontinental Champion, Test. I remember this, yes. Because Test was a part of the alliance, I think, around that time. In 2002, Raw General Manager Eric Bischoff began consolidating his brand's singles championships. On July 22, 2002, he announced that the Intercontinental Championship would be unified with the European title in a ladder match, which saw Intercontinental Champion RVD defeat European Champion Jeff Hardy. On August 19, 2002, Bischoff made a six-minute gauntlet match for the hardcore title, with the winner facing Van Damme in a second unification match the next week on Raw. Tommy Dreamer successfully retained his title in that match, but lost to Van Damme in a hardcore match the next week. As a result of the victories over Hardy and Dreamer, Van Van Dam is regarded as the last European and hardcore champion in WWE history. These were his first and fourth reigns with those respective titles. Interesting. Very interesting. Bischoff, however, was not done. Of course, he was never done. (laughs) Yeah. On September 30, 2002, he announced that there would be one more unification match. In this match, the Intercontinental Championship would be unified with the recently reactivated World Heavyweight Championship, which had been awarded to Triple H by Bischoff following the decision by SmackDown General Manager Seth McMahon to make reigning undisputed WWE Champion Brock Lesnar and his title exclusive property of her show. Yes, I remember this. Yes. The match took place at No Mercy The follow month, and saw Triple H defeat Intercontinental Champion Kane, making him the sole single champion of the Raw brand. Yes, I remember that. I do remember that. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah, okay. <clears throat> on May 5, 2003, Bischoff's now Raw co-general manager, Stone Cold Steve Austin, announced live on Raw over Bischoff's objections, That he was reactivating the intercontinental championship that any former champions on the raw roster were eligible to enter a battle royal at judgment day for the title christian won the battle royal to claim the championship and restore a secondary singles title for raw wrestlers to compete for and given the brand a total of four championships which included the world heavyweight championship and the former wwf wwf tag team championship which was renamed the World Tag Team Championship. Eventually, WWE would do the same thing for SmackDown and create a separate set of titles for that brand for its secondary title. SmackDown reactivated the United States Championship that had been unified with the Intercontinental title in 2001, placing the WWE name on it while claiming the lineage of the old WCW title of the same name, much as they did with the Cruiserweight Championship that became WWE exclusive. that was kind of odd, too, what they did with both Cruiserweight and US belts. During the 2009 WWE draft on April 13, 2009, reigning champion Rey Mysterio was drafted to SmackDown, making the Intercontinental Championship exclusive to that brand. On October 2, 2011, at Hell in the Sound, Cody Rhodes introduced a modified version of the classic belt designed with a white strap with the added modern WWE Scratch logo and other embellishments. Since August 29, 2011, when all WWE programming became super shows, featuring wrestlers from the full roster, the title has been defended on both Raw and SmackDown. On August 18, 2014, the Intercontinental Championship belt design, along with all other championships in WWE, was updated with the new logo in place of the long-standing Scratch logo. On May 31, 2015, the championship was contested for in an Elimination Chamber match for the very first time. In the early 2010s, WWE was criticized for their scripting of the Intercontinental Champions. In 2013, Darren Guttridge of ProWrestling.net wrote that the title has proven an albatross for the past decade with almost all title holders doomed to tread water usually only beating people decisively when the title is on the line. The albatross metaphor was also used to describe the title in 2014 by James Caldwell of Pro Wrestling Torch. While Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer said that year that the IC title isn't booked to mean much, uh, various commentators of 2014 and 15, including from The Baltimore Sun, Rolling Stone, PW Insider and ProWrestling.net have pointed out that the Intercontinental Champion often loses non title matches, while Mike Tedesco of WrestleView questioned how Intercontinental Champions losing too much is supposed to bring prestige to the Intercontinental Championship. Hmm. Okay. Uh, of course, the brand designation history. Following the brand extension of March, on March 25, 2002, all titles in WWE became exclusive to either the Raw brand or the SmackDown brand. <clears throat> the following list of dates indicating transitions of the Intercontinental Championship between the Raw and SmackDown brands. The brand extension was temporarily discontinued from August 19, 2011, to I actually, believe it or not, it says July 17th of this year. Hmm. Okay, uh, March. Tw- okay, March 25th. Okay. March 25, 2002, Rob Van Dam, okay, this is Raw. Rob Van Dam was, was drafted to Raw following the brand extension, making the Intercontinental Championship part of Raw. Uh, SmackDown, July 30, 2002, Chris Benoit, defects to SmackDown and is Intercontinental Champion. Okay, back to Raw, August 25, 2002, Rob Van Dam regains the championship, returning it back to Raw, April 13, 2009. Following the 2009 draft, the Intercontinental Champion at the time, Ray Mysterio, was drafted to SmackDown, and brings the title to the brand. The title remains, on not down to the temporary discontinuation of the brands on August twenty two thousand and eleven. Okay, <clears throat> let's see here. And of course, uh, I don't have a list of all the all the people who held the belt, uh, but I do have one other thing here. Uh, okay, I have. A, I found a, a list of it. I'll do the list in a minute. The inaugural champion was Pat Patterson, who, like I said, as the WWF North American champion in September 1979, was also declared South American heavyweight champion after winning a fictitious tournament in Rio de Janeiro. Patterson unified the two championships into the Intercontinental title. There have been 76 different championships. Chris Jericho has the most reigns with nine. Pedro Morales held the championship for a record total of 619 days. And the Hockey Talk Man had the longest uninterrupted reign at 454 days from June 2nd, 1987 until August 29, 1988. Dean Douglas, now I think that's Shane Douglas. Isn't yeah,
1: it? that's Shane. Yep. Okay.
0: Had the shortest reign at just 13 minutes and 52 seconds. China is the only woman in WWE history to win the title. The youngest champion was Jeff Hardy, who won the championship at 23. While the oldest was Rick Farr, who won the championship at Unforgiven in 2005. At the age of 56, yes, I did think he beat Carlito for that, Bill. Yeah, I think so,
3: yeah.
0: <laughs> there have been 10 vacancies throughout the title's history. The current champion is the Miz, who in his fifth reign. won. The, he won the title on April 4, 2016 in Dallas, all law by defeating Zack Ryder. So
1: there you go. Well, not only uh-huh. thanks to Zack Ryder, but he won it thanks to his little floozy, Maurice. Maurice right. came back that same night. How I helped him steal victory, this mm. title back.
0: Right. Oh yeah. But uh, but this belt. I mean, this belt has always been, you know, very very unique and very in so, a whole lot of respects,
3: mm-hmm. and um,
0: in a whole lot of ways. But it's always been very very uh, um, very prestigious and all in. But what you got to think about here is, you know, I mean, what, what, what they did, especially like back in the 80s and 90s, I mean, they had guys like Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, Owen Hart, British Bulldog. I mean, they had these guys.
1: Austin holding, Rock.
0: Austin Rock. And Hold the Belt, you know, become very, very prestigious with holding this belt for, well-known for holding this title for a long period of time before they became very, very well known, you know. Before were very notorious for going after the main prize, and you know, I mean, that was a huge step is stone for them. And you know, once they once they just broke out broke out of that reign and all that, uh, you know, you know, what I, mean? I mean, I mean, that proved it right. That, that 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 right. One guys like to be Triple H was another one, of course, too. So, uh, I mean, this right here was, was the ultimate proving ground right here, if you think about it was yeah. yes, so so like i said, I'm also going to bring you uh, like i said the um unless if we um we we'll ahead and bring you like i said the list of uh <clears throat> bring you like i said the um bring, bring you like i said the yeah like i was like we said before there and there's like a whole there's like a whole um Whole, whole bunch up here, and I so I can I can, I can go I can go through here, back and forth here. So, but we got plenty of time there, so we'll, we'll 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 do that here. Yep. we'll we'll take we'll take care of a little bit of business here. But that's what we got going on here.
1: Well, just to give you an update on the game, it is like I said again, one nothing after two. They have out they outshot of twelve to five in the second period, referring of Pittsburgh, eleven to six in the first half, twenty three to eleven in shots. And like I said, the HBK line of Hagelin, Benino, and Kessel. Kessel game number 10. Benino, Benino, Benino. Is, everyone's been calling him. Did you, I don't know if you saw Did you see when he got the game winner the other night? They did uh, like an Indian broadcast of the game. And when Benino got the game winner, the guy goes, Benino, Benino, Benino. I heard something
0: about that. Yeah, I heard about something. That's about crazy.
1: That. I mean, they love this guy here in Pittsburgh. And like I said, Haglin got the assist. But... Right now, the Penguins are within 20 minutes. Hopefully, they can close out the deal. Murray's got 11 stops tonight for the Penguins, playing very good in net. Not to say anything about, about San Jose. Uh, Martin Jones playing a good game, sell 22 or 23 stops so far. But yeah, the Penguins, if they hang on here, could be up 2 nothing heading to San Jose on Saturday night. And so, like
0: I said, the NHL, NHL and NBA championships are getting very, very close here this year. So, it's been pretty interesting. Yep. Absolutely. So we'll just have to keep our eyes open on that here. Of course, like I said, and of course, like I said, our shows here, you know, during our rest of the we'll have we'll, what JD does. We'll definitely break in on a lot of that here as well. So.
1: Oh, one other thing real quick. Um, uh, uh, we want to congratulate, of course, I'm sure this was very special tonight, Craig Sager, the NBA TNT veteran broadcaster, was actually who's been diagnosed with cancer, and he just, keeps on fighting, never gives off power throughout the first pitch at the Cubs baseball game tonight. So uh, oh. Oh, very, okay. very class act by the Cubs. And good to see Craig uh, doing very well and continuing his recovery. I mean, a very class thing. Uh, they showed it uh, before the game tonight. And speaking of uh, California, of course, our hearts are with those people today in California. I'm sure everyone heard about it, about the very sad shooting at UCLA. Uh, very heartbreaking to say the least, uh, but our thoughts and prayers with them tonight, too.
0: Yes, absolutely. That's, uh, stuff like that never, never stops. And, of course, we have, as I said, just keep on praying and like I said, that the good Lord keeps, uh, looking down and hopefully he can hopefully do, hopefully come down and hopefully do something about it here sometime soon, so. But we'll just have to us have just have an honor of thoughts and prayers about about all of this. So but thank you very much, J. D. for all that for those updates. We really appreciate that. We're doing our ten o'clock hour here, we'll go run down here to list of all the past WWE intercontinental champions. And you'll find a lot of this pretty darn interesting. Of course we have we talked about the very first one it is of course Pat Patterson. Uh, <clears throat> he of course held it uh like I said of course got it in uh, September one on September first 1, nineteen seventy nine. He held it for 233 days, of course, he, in Rio de Janeiro, as he said. He became the first champion as a result of defeating Ted DiBiase to win the WWF North American Heavyweight title on June 19, 1979 in Allentown, Pennsylvania. And, of course... agricultural Hall. Hall. So you know what I'm talking about. Okay.
1: Yeah, yeah because uh, if you remember back in the late 70s, early 80s, when they did their tapings, however, they always did Allentown Hamburg, however... And the agricultural hall. I remember hearing stories about that place, however, And I remember seeing stuff on a uh, DVD. They used to say it was sort of like uh, old. Uh, it wasn't like a bingo hall per se, but it was sort of like a uh, like a VFW, like a like sort of one of those like like um, what's what kind of hall am I looking for here? Um, bingo hall. What's that? Bingo hall. No, not Bingo Hall, per se. It was sort of like VFW Hall or something like that. It was sort of one of those places. It was a very big thing. I mean, downtown was – the agricultural was one of the bigger buildings. Hamburg, they used to do it at Pacific Center, I think, because I have Hamburg. If I remember Hamburg, it's right near Harrisburg and Hershey, around that area. They used to do a lot of their superstars' tapings. I mean, this is when they had, like, uh, before the All-American Wrestling Hour, like mid-'80s, 83 and 84, they did all-star wrestling, like 1979, 1980, 1981, around that time.
0: I see, okay. And also defeating Johnny Rods in the fictional tournament final in Rio de Janeiro. I did mean, they mentioned that before. The sorry.
1: man who trained Taz, among others.
0: There you go. Mm-hmm. Of course, the second, of course, number two was Kim Patera. Uh, he held the belt for 231 days. This was in New York at a house show. Uh, number three was Pedro Morales, his first reign. Uh, he won it on December eighth, nineteen eighty. I'm sorry, Patera's is April twenty first, nineteen eighty. I should say. Yeah,
1: the Best Madison Square Garden. I watched that. It's it's a that's a great match to watch and go back and watch the Garden.
0: Right, and they were, Pedro Morales was also his first reign lasted one hundred ninety four days. Like I said, that was at New York, also New York at a house show. Uh,
1: what before, do you ever, what, what, the, what was that? You said nineteen eighty for Morales, right?
0: Yes, um, T- Patera was April twenty first, nineteen eighty. And Pedro mm-hmm.
1: Morales was December 8th of 1980. The same day uh, as Sean Lennon. Scary. Very oh, scary. Oh,
0: that's right. Yes.
1: And yes. the week before my birthday, it's crazy because my girlfriend's sister is the week before me in December 8th. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's the same day as Sean Lennon. And uh, those those are two guys, I don't think they've ever been put in the Hall of Fame. I mean, we know Cam had a little bit of a... Shady history, but uh, he was a pretty good uh, strong guy even before when he got into wrestling. He was an Olympian, Pedro Morales, of course, uh, in the early seventies, of course. Battle guys like Bruno and that, and of course uh, we know he's in very very poor health now these days. But uh, last I saw Pedro, he he is he's like super fire. He's really taking a turn for the worse and has not looked good as of late. Right, Yeah, a lot of our wrestling heroes is not. Yeah, I tell
0: you, it's a, It is sad. Yes. It is very sad. Uh, Next one, once again, is, uh, let me see, uh, the Magnificent One, Don Morocco.
1: The original uh, Morocco, one of my faves from Hawaii. Yes, uh, June
0: 20th, 1981, his first reign. He held it for 156 days. And believe it or not, uh, J.D., he held it in, he won it in a house show in Philadelphia.
1: The Spectrum, the legendary Spectrum.
0: Yes, okay. And, of course, we go back to Pedro Morales for his second reign, Uh, He held it, uh, uh, he won it back on November 23rd, 1981, he held it for 425 days, won it at a house show once again in New York. Don Morocco got it back on January 22nd, 1983, 1983, and held it for 385 days, he won it once again at at another house show in New York. So. Big big town company up north up there, I'll tell
1: you what. Well, when you you think about it in the 80s, I mean, the Northeast always was the market. I mean, like you say, in the South Tower, up in the Northeast, you had matches at Nassau and Boston Garden, Spectrum, the Civic Arena, the Capital Center, the Baltimore Arena. Um, I mean, other places like Buffalo, Syracuse, but mostly it was in New York, Philly, Boston, Baltimore, Washington. That was like your territory, and they would always find some great matches in those cities. I mean, I can remember... Geez, I think my first event, I was like maybe eight or nine. This is like 84, 85 I'm talking. I can remember Morocco and some of these guys. And I've gone back to watch some of these now, even on YouTube, or uh, had a chance to put them in the vault, however. And it's just amazing how wrestling was back then in the 70s and 80s. It wasn't like high flying or uh, pyro or fireworks or anything like that. It was just strictly by the book, it was straight up wrestling.
0: Absolutely. Bob and i said that's some of the great stuff we that's some of the stuff today you cannot teach it. So there you go. Mm. Absolutely. Uh of course now we go to uh some uh some fresh blood here. Tino Santana, his first ring. Yeah. Uh, Arriba! yes, February eleventh, nineteen eighty four. Held it for two hundred and twenty six days, one at a house show in Boston. The Garden. Yeah. Yes. Infamous garden, yes indeed. Yes. A lot of great shows happening there, yes. Oh yeah. Uh and of course uh first uh of course another first one another first time we're here. Greg the Hammer Valentine won it on September 24, 1984, held it for 285 days. He won it on an episode of Maple Maple Leaf Wrestling. In London, Ontario, Canada, I think around the woods. Yeah,
1: the old Maple They're Leaf Gardens because they used to ta- they used to show that once in a while. Because I remember on Saturdays and Sundays they had the All American Wrestling hours on Saturdays, usually if not Sunday, and Sunday sometimes they would put on on uh, a tape delay like, some of the action that was going on. Always at the Maple Leaf Gardens because, like I can up in Canada in the early '80s, I mean it became like the Hart Foundation, and you saw yeah. all the big names come out of that area. Absolutely, and this was
0: actually on a tape delay. It was actually aired. Believe it or not, he won it on September 24th, but it was not aired until October 13th of that year.
1: Yeah, two weeks later. So there you
0: go. Yeah, And of course, next one here, uh, as we go to a second reign for Teo Santana. On July, he won it on July 6, 1985. Uh, <clears throat> uh, he had, and this rain on, on this reign, he he would go on the hold it for 217 days at a house show with Baltimore, and this was a steel cage match that's what occurred in.
1: One of the best uh, steel cage matches of, of the 80s, I mean, when you talked about him and Valentine and yeah. some wars.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you you better believe that was. I mean, I mean, I remember reading about this. I think it's on the Greatest Wrestling Stars of the 80s DVD. I think, I think so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think
1: it is. You're right. I have to go so back I'm and look at that again. About yeah, about I think that. you're right. Yep. About
0: that. Yes, mm-hmm. I remember that. Yes, big time, yes. Uh, then of course, now we go to the very first reign of Ooh Yeah, the Macho Man Randy Savage uh, would win it on February eighth, nineteen eighty six, at a
1: house show in Boston. He was going to hold it for
0: four hundred and fourteen days.
1: Yeah. Yep, good
0: good run for Randy. Very good yeah, oh
1: yes, definitely. And he was very good in his time. And of course, here this is the most one of the most infamous uh, uh, one
0: of the most infamous reigns right here. Uh, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, his first run here. March twenty ninth, nineteen eighty seven, WrestleMania three, Pontiac, Michigan. He would he would actually believe it or not go on the hold the belt for only, for, believe it or not, only
1: sixty five days. He was the sort at the time the shortest reign at the time. Yes, absolutely. You and know, you know 20- it's weird though, and I mentioned it before Valentine and uh, Piper and those guys. I mean, you look at it, and we've said it before, and I keep on, I stress it every time. I mean, Piper, Valentine, uh, Steamboat, and. Uh, Cowboy Ace Bob Warren, are the only four guys I think, however, that have also have had, been in a Starcade and a WrestleMania. Absolutely, yes. Yeah, They're the only are. four I know, I think they are that have competed in yes. both. Mm-hmm.
0: I, yeah, we talked about that a great deal. I think I think we did our previous show show the Piper last year. We did, we did yeah, did, I remember that. Yep. Good detail, yeah. I that was incredible how they could do like the two biggest shows of all time, pretty yep. much. Yeah. Absolutely. Of course, number number 12, and this is when we start getting to the big numbers here, J.D., uh, I think you might remember this. Of course, the woman-only, honky-tonk man, of course, his first reign, he would start officially on June second, nineteen 1987. Of course, he would go on to hold it for a record 454 days. And, of course, as we had heard, that number has not yet been broken. Uh, he, believe it or not, had won it. And then we go and specify how he won it, where he won it. Uh, in Buffalo, New York, on an episode of WWF Superstars of Wrestling, that episode, he won it on June 2nd of 87. But this was another one on a tape delay. It did not air until the 13th. Huh. So 11 days later, they they showed that. Yes. It was official on June 2nd is when he won that belt. But there you go. But it was in Buffalo, New York where he won it at. So Not bad. Yep, nope. uh, and here we go with the next one here. And of course, I remember this big time. I, I have this on the table, as a matter of fact. The Ultimate Warrior, his first reign on August twenty ninth, nineteen eighty eight. Of course, at the first SummerSlam, he would go on to hold the belt for a, record for a good number here in his own right, two hundred and sixteen days. Of course, in New York City, uh, well, of course, uh, Dr. out the Honky Man in a good amount of time too. Uh, <clears throat> And, of course, I remember how this happened here, too. Of course, at WrestleMania V, uh, with the help, of course, of woman-only brain, Bobby Heenan, Rick Rude would get his first reign of the Intercontinental Belt on April 2nd, 1989. He would hold the belt for, well, this is also an impressive number for even Rick Rude as well, in my personal opinion, 148 days.
1: Course, how many days? Huh? How many days again? One hundred and forty-eight days. One forty-eight. That's not a bad list. I mean, that's between WrestleMania five and Summerslam.
0: I mean, that's not that's not bad at all. That's a nice rain there. I mean, yeah, because that's how long he had it. It was between WrestleMania five and Summerslam eighty-nine. So yeah, that was not bad at all. But um, of, course, of course, remember, he had that he had that big time feud. uh was that started out with the pose down at Royal Rumble eighty-nine, which was that was Whoa, that was unbelievable, man. I, I got that. I watched that a couple times on DVD. That was wild. <laughs> That's all I got to say. Uh, but of course, Ultimate Warrior would win it back for his second reign at SummerSlam '89 on August 28th. Uh, he would go on to hold it for another 216 days. So Ultimate Warrior held the Intercontinental Belt for a total of 432 days, which was why combined doesn't even doesn't even reach up to the Honky Top Man. Hmm. But it's close. Yeah, it's it's, it's there. up it's, it's up there. It's close to it. It's unbelievable. It's close. Now we had a little we had a period here uh in, uh we uh, had a little period here until of course, as if you remember, on April first, nineteen ninety at WrestleMania six where of course Warrior defeated Hulk Hogan to win the WWF title. We all remember that. We saw that, of
3: course. Yep.
0: And, of course, as a result of that, they said you cannot hold both the WWF title and the Intercontinental title at the same time. So what do they do? They hold a tournament to crown a new Intercontinental champion since the Warrior was obviously going to defend the WWF belt,
1: obviously. So. That, that was one of the many times they did something like that. I mean, not only for the I mean you saw the world title being defended in the tournament. Now you got the IC title defending in the tournament.
0: Yes, exactly. But like I said, since one man could not hold both belts, uh, single belts off the same which was kind of strange. I figured, you know, at some point down the road, you, you would think they would be allowed to do that, but obviously not. So right, there you go. Now, tag belts might be a different story, but the single belts, obviously, you couldn't do that. Uh, but now, anyway, after that, we would go on to Mr. Perfect. His first ring would come on April twenty third, 1990. His reign would last uh, 126 days. Now, here's how that happened. Uh, It happened on an episode of WWF Superstars of Wrestling. He defeated Tito Santana in a tournament final. It was on a tape delay. Believe it or not, he won it. J.D. on April 23rd, but Mm -hmm. they did not air it until May the 19th.
1: To uh, they always did that, because if you remember, if they tried to change the it, how they would always air it a week or two later or three weeks later. That was the way it was. Yeah,
0: yeah, especially those smaller shows back then, because you didn't have, keep in mind, you didn't have Raw until later on. So.
1: That oh, helps. yeah.
0: There you go, yeah. So you didn't have a whole lot of wrestling stuff on TV back then, so, except just periodically. You were just lucky enough to catch a little bit of it here and there, unless you recorded it, and then you watched it later. Uh, anyway, um, of course, the next one would be, of course, Kerry Von the Texas Tornado. Yep. He had a run with it. He, I think he only had one run with it, and that was on August 27th, 1990. Uh, and, of course, once again, at summer in Philadelphia. He held it for – he he had an impressive a, – a small rain, but it was not a bad rain, 84 days hmm. with the Intercontinental Belt. That was not bad for, for that. I mean – He's, you know, he kind of cemented the Von Erich name in the WWF at that time, I think, by doing that, in my personal opinion. I mean, but I think he was the only Von Erich that ever wrestled in WWF, wasn't he? Yeah,
1: he I was. Think. It's unfortunate because... Was them, I mean. Well, I think... Let me think. Yeah, because, I mean, the Freebirds came up in the early 80s. Yeah. Because, I mean, he... This is when WCCDW was pretty much bought out by USWA, and uh, he, he was one of the few guys that never left in all of Honor State in Texas, and finally when WCCW closed their doors to USWA and the business went out, however, shortly thereafter, however, it was pretty much it.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, I think uh, Mr. Perfect had went after his second reign for the Intercontinental Belt. Uh, that was on November 19, 1990. His This second reign would would would, uh, would last another you know, 280 days. That would, that, that would happen in Rochester, New York. Uh, of course, another episode of WWF Superstars of Wrestling. Of course, another tag delay. He won on November 19th. But they did not air it until December 15th. So, that, so the gap is getting a little bit wider here whenever they would air these matches. apparently.
3: So,
0: getting mo- a little bit more interesting, to say the least, on that. Uh, the next one, obviously, would be Bret Hart. It's his first reign as a, a, as a singles competitor, of course, we all know him at, around this time. Uh, uh as a tag team, tag team tag team competitor, excuse me. But of course he started making his rounds as a singles competitor, a very impressive one around this time too, as a matter of fact. Uh, <clears throat> his first reign started out in August 26, nineteen ninety one. His first reign would last one hundred and forty four days. Uh he won it at SummerSlam, of course in New York. I do believe he defeated Mr Perkins, if I'm not mistaken on that. I do remember. That was a classic match. Not just. Summerslam, 91, Bret Hart, Mr. Propeck. Oh, yeah, hunt. yeah, in the garden.
1: Yeah. yeah. That's on the yeah. garden DVD.
0: His parents was there. Uh, he, yeah,
1: absolutely. Uh,
0: now, uh, okay, and this is one, of course, this is one you, you, you can earmark right here. The Mountie held it one time, once, uh, of course, on he won it on January 17, 1992. And I remember him talking about this during the 92 Royal Rumble show. I do remember this big time. It was at a house show in Springfield, Massachusetts. The Mountie, I think, was one of those. Was Actually, we talked about those with the shortest days, the shortest amount of time, shortest rains. Uh, the Mountie only held it for two days. So hmm. He's one of them. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: That's a quick uh, rain. That's a quick one. <laughs> 48 days, hours. I
0: mean,
3: there you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, how long,
1: for? <laughs> oh, two days. Oh, okay. There you go.
0: Yes, yes. Grandma soon often said that he had an identity crisis. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yep. Got, it was Jacques Rougeau, wasn't
1: it? The Mounties? Yes, 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 so he, yes, yes.
0: It was Jacques Rougeau. He, yes. And Grandma often, my soon often said he, he has an identity crisis. Yeah. Still, my, well Well, well, the thing is, the Russo
1: out. brothers were a good team. Him and Raymond were a great team in the '80s, and then all of a sudden, I guess Raymond got hurt, or he got he he got in some big time trouble at the office, and he got let go. I mean, I heard a lot of stories about uh, but, Raymond, and he was an announcer too. I remember he was yeah, good. at did good it, so did a lot of announcing. I even, he did a lot of WrestleManias. He did. I saw him.
0: Do some of WrestleMania nine. Uh,
3: mm-hmm. Heck.
0: Hey, let me tell you a quick story before I go any further. He even I have the '97 Royal Rumble on on tape, right? And they and and, and they also and they did, of course, the um, announcing not only in English but in Spanish and also in French. Yeah, they had him and his dad do the announcing. That's in right. French.
1: Yeah. It, uh-huh. it, yeah. For the '97 Royal Rumble. That's I, was right. like, oh, I said, "Oh, I said, crazy." Well, we see all these international teams now. Why isn't he come um, back to the WWE, however, and do some announcing for them? That would be pretty cool. Yeah. I, would, I would, that, that's, somebody,
0: that's 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 another team, uh, another family you don't see in the Hall of Fame. That is the Rujos. Yep, I Doesn't and like I said, I did. I said because they let they. They should have a rightful place in there too. I mean, they yep. they, they wrestled some of the greats, and they ought to be in there too, in my personal opinion. Yep. They would get back to what I'm saying right here. Two days after the Mounting won it, he turned right around and obviously lost it to the one and only late Roddy Roddy Piper on January 19th, 1992, and got the Royal Rumble in Albany, New York. Roddy Roddy Piper would hold it for 77 days, which was a very impressive wrestling, Which I think that was the old. Now that was the only singles belt. That Piper ever held,
1: yeah, I believe so. Yeah, but
0: later on, he would hold on. He would hold a tag belt. Like later on, along with I think with Flair, I think like in '06 or something. I think, but, but but as for a singles belt, that was the Intercontinental belt was the only singles belt he ever held. I think,
3: yeah, yeah, so, and then of
0: course I do remember. Of course, for, I, the match that Piper and Hart had at WrestleMania 8. great match, excellent matchup. Uh, this was Bret Hart's second round, April fifth, nineteen ninety-two, at uh, in Indianapolis. Bret Hart would go on to hold on to the belt for another one hundred and forty-six days. That was another impressive uh, reign right there. And then here is another classic match right here. I'm sure JD, you do definitely remember this one, where he faced at SummerSlam, nineteen ninety-two, in London, England, the one and only late British
1: Bulldog. Yes. Great IC title match, one of the best, if not the best, IC title match up, up there. I mean, when you think of SummerSlam, I mean, 91 92, there were some great matches. I mean, Brett and the Bulldog, like we said, of course, Brett and Mr. Perfect. I mean, you had 80,000 people there that night at Wembley Stadium just cheering their heads off. You had Lennox Lewis, the British boxer there. And then, of course, it was the only time SummerSlam was ever on a Monday.
0: Yes. Uh, yeah. Of course, being international and all that, but, I mean, you could hardly. Yeah, it was kind of interesting you know, seeing, a, seeing an event like that. Of course, ever since WrestleMania nine, that was before WrestleMania nine, it was held outside. Yes. And, and that is very rare you had those event interviews like that held outside.
3: mm mm-hmm.
0: and, and it was quite interesting. You know, and, of course, that was one of the first few times I ever saw wrestlers come out there on motorcycles, course, you would see that later on with The Undertaker doing that. But I remember seeing the LOD come out there on motorcycles, which was kind of awesome.
3: That was, that was
0: neat. Yeah. But of course, British Bulldog had a great run with the Intercontinental Belt. He ha- held it, JD, for 59 days,
3: huh.
0: which was a great – for him. That's a great run. That was a that was one of his best runs ever. My personal opinion. Yes, I mean, he was a he was a great wrestler, an accomplished wrestler. And you know, we keep seeing on Facebook. There's just several folks are trying to get him in the Hall of Fame. Why he's not in there now, why WWE is stalling, I don't know, but he needs to be in there, my personal opinion.
1: Which one? British
0: Bulldog. Oh, They're yeah, no people.
1: question. No there question. There too, if, if not him, Owen. I mean, we've talked about Owen, them I mean, too. I mean, we've well, got put them well, together. The whole, there's a, there's a, a, a trillion billion. out there you can put in that heart down, I mean
0: WWE's got a list of guys probably over there in Connecticut right now, but they probably go through each and every time that around that time, whenever that time comes around saying, okay, who are we gonna put in here next? But the but the, the only thing is they what they need to do is put, put this on the on their website or
1: something. Who should we who should
0: we put in the Hall of Fame next?
1: Oh you'll get a ton of people wanting to see
0: <laughs> Yeah. Put it on Facebook, put it on put everywhere, it everywhere man. You know who you're gonna put you, you know who they're gonna say. They're but, but gonna agree with half them? No. We all know that. Do do we? we? We know that. We've seen that, right?
1: Yep.
0: We've seen that. Yes. So but we'll have to wait and see what happens with that. Okay. The British Bulldog is definitely what well, him and Owen Hart, like you said, I, I, and of course I'm going to say his name one more time Ravishing
1: Rick Rude. Yep. And the
0: story. Definitely. And the story, yeah. Bottom line, he may have been a, a heel he was still a great wrestler. I don't care what to say. Oh, he great was. Guy. He was fantastic.
3: Yeah, and Bret Hart
0: should induct him. it. Bret Hart was a he, he He said it on the Bret Hart DVD. Yeah. Rick Rude was a hero of his.
1: Yeah, he and he it. should, and I hope next year he gets that chance.
0: I Yes, I hope. I mean If it's, if it's the Bulldog, if it's Owen, or if it's Rick Rude, I hope Bret Hart inducts it. Yep. I don't care who it is. One Definitely. of those three. My personal opinion. Anyway, let's get back to this right. Intercontinental title reigns here. History of Intercontinental champions. Uh, Shawn Michaels. His first reign came after he defeated the British Bulldog on October 27, 1992. He held it for 202 days. Very impressive run. Their first run, uh, and he won it on an episode of Saturday Night's Main Event in Terre Haute, Indiana. Uh, of course, he won on, on October 27, 1992. Of course, they would not show it until the November 14th, 92 edition of Saturday Night's main Night event. Of course. Why not, right?
3: They, yep.
0: Uh, and, of course, uh, who remembers this right here? Marty Gennetti, Shawn, Shawn Michaels' former tag team partner. you all remember this. On the May 17th, 1993 edition of Monday Night Raw from New York City, Marty Gennetti won the Intercontinental Belt. He held it for a good 20 days.
1: Hmm. Only three weeks, yeah. so there you go. There you go, Yep.
0: Yeah. Uh, and Shawn Michaels won it back at a house show at Albany, New York, on June 6, 1993. Shawn Michaels held it for an additional 113 days, uh, and uh, then we have another big gap here. Uh, Michaels was stripped of the title for failing to, def- to defend it within 30 days. But here, and but JD, there's a reality behind this story. Huh. Michael's was suspended for testing positive for steroids.
1: That's right. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. This was on September 27th, 1993. Whenever this was said. Okay. Okay. Now we go. We we we, we skim forward here. Uh, there was a battle royal. Actually, I think to crown on Monday Night Raw. Uh, uh, on Monday Night Raw from New Haven, Connecticut. I guess to place a brand new intercontinental champion, I do believe. Hmm. Uh, And apparently, the next champion was Razor Ramon. Hey yo,
1: wait a minute! I just heard something.
4: (laughs) And look who just
1: got in under the wire,
4: King NWO. Wait, (laughs) King fucking NWO. (laughs)
0: And <laughs> you can't teach that. And <laughs> you can't teach that. No. 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 no I'm I'm sorry. I'm that I'm sorry. I said I said it wrong. I said it wrong. You stole my oh, line. Lord. Oh look. Yeah. I, I was trying it, man. I, I'm sorry. I
4: didn't know you were wrong <laughs> I'm a certified G. I'm a bona fide stud.
0: Yes, you are. And Ladies I'm five
4: foot three and you can't teach that.
0: You got that right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the main man himself, the mainstay of the radio network, and the CEO of WCWS, the one and the only King in WO GTS, Gerard T. Smith. Gerard, welcome to number one hundred and sixty nine of the mothership. One hundred and sixty nine, eh? One sixty nine, buddy. Woo! Yes, sir.
4: Boy, I was late, but I didn't think 120 papers would take that long. My man, you are.
0: You, when well, you said the word "stud," man, you didn't. You, you weren't kidding. <laughs> wow, incredible! Well, I'm
4: the I'm the paper boy now.
0: <laughs> now you're a paper man. Paper man. I'm The
4: paper man. Paper
0: man. <laughs> paper, man. paper man. Yes. We're in a list of – we're going through a list of all the past Intercontinental Champions past the time here. So. All right. That's, that's when I said Razor right Ramon. I said, Jay J- – J- J-
4: I, I heard it you,
1: first, and it's like – Hey, I couldn't, either, have I, came,
4: I couldn't have came on in a better time. It was a, What a cue, eh?
1: Yes, exactly.
4: What a, what a heck of a
0: cue, man. <laughs> you know, we were coming down here, and uh, like I said, come down to where – uh, Razor, Razor Ramon became the next person to, to pick up the, uh, the Intercontinental belt. He would go on to hold the Intercontinental belt for 198 days. He won it on an episode of Raw from New Haven, Connecticut on September 27, 1993. Ramon and Rick Martel were the final two participants in a battle royal in which the last two would face off the next week for the vacant title Ramon won the match, which aired on October 11, 1993, of course, on a tape delay. So, J.D., here's another tape delay right there from Raw.
1: Yes. Obviously.
0: However, Michaels returned in November 93, claiming to be the legitimate champion as nobody defeated him for the belt, though not recognized as such by WWF. Ramon went on to defeat Michaels in the latter match on March 20, 1994, at WrestleMania 10, becoming the Undisputed Intercontinental Champion. There you go. Yes, <clears throat> and of course we all remember that too. Uh, <clears throat> the next one here, of course, is Big Daddy called himself Diesel. Uh, his first title reign came on April 13, 1994, which was delayed, a take delay of Superstars of Wrestling on April 30th of 94 uh, in Rochester, New York. His reign would last 138 days. Mm. Uh, Ramon would, win, would go through his second reign on August 29, 1994. At SummerSlam in Chicago, his second reign would last another 146 days. Hmm, unbelievable, okay. And even though this was a little bit unbelievable, Jeff Jarrett would, pick, would, would start his first reign as Intercontinental Champion on January 22, 1995 at the Royal Rumble in Tampa, Florida. His reign would last 94 days. <clears throat> now, this is kind of interesting. Uh, Bob Holly. Would hold the belt and let me let me see what this. Uh, okay, uh, yeah, okay, I see what this means. I see what this. Let me, let me go and find it here. All right. Apparently, this this right here was not. Uh, okay, and I'll explain this in a minute. This was talking about Bob Hollis on April April nineteen ninety five. It happened on an episode of WWF Action Zone in Moline, Illinois. <clears throat> Defeated Jared to win the belt. But later that night, it was judged that Jared's foot had been on the rope during the pinfall, and Holly was stripped of the Intercontinental Belt. However, this is—they're saying now this reign is no longer recognized by
1: WWE. <laughs> That's unusual. You gotta be kidding me. That is
0: unusual. Why? 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 I mean, if you're just but even gaps in their
1: blind history, though, is what they're doing. I mean.
0: Too bad to give you something great, and my throat was dry. And then they would also say again the belt was vacated as of that because held up when the match between Jarrett and Holly ended, ended in a controversy. Um, Jeff Jarrett would, would go for his second reign as Intercontinental ch- Champion on April 26th. That same, that same night, um, 1995 Action Zone in Millenia, Illinois, defeated Bob Holly in a rematch for the vacant title. That's strange. That is that is strange. Yeah, that's one of the strangest, strangest, strangest moments. I've never heard them talk about that. Because, like I said, I don't recognize anymore. That's what they don't talk about. It. Okay. Uh, and Gerard will like this next moment here. Razor Ramon goes for his third reign as Intercontinental Champion on May nineteenth, nineteen ninety-five, at a house show in Montreal, Quebec, Canada. <clears throat> But, and this was a ladder match, Gerard, but there's a sad part part to this, Gerard. Would you like to know what, what that... What's the that? Rain only lasted, the rain only lasted two days.
4: Ah.
0: A lot of, yeah. Mm-hmm. <coughs> because, and Gerard, you'll have to pronounce the C whenever I get to this. I'll, I'll let you know what it is in a minute. Jeff Jarrett will, will come to go after his third reign as Intercontinental Champion. Two days later, which he would hold on to that belt after this for another 63 days at a house show. This is also in Quebec, Canada. And, Gerard, I'm going to spell this. Maybe you can pronounce this for me. I'm not sure. This is also in Quebec, Canada. P-R-O-I-S dash R-I-V-I-E-R-E-S with an accent mark over the first E. How do you pronounce that?
4: No, oh, I don't have a clue. J.D., you know how to pronounce
1: it? Uh, It sounds like trois or something like that. Yeah,
0: I figure it's in Canada. I figured you might probably know what that is. Okay. Nah, All I right. don't go to Quebec much.
4: I, I only know Wee wee
0: wee No, excuse me. <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> All right, thank you very much, though, guys. I do appreciate that. So, not, not bad, J.D. Not bad. JD. Not bad.
1: Well, I never no, took no, foreign no. language in high school. I never took French. I never took Spanish. I never, I never took even, uh, let's see, French, Spanish. What else did he give? Latin, even. Hey, I know a little Chinese. He owns a
0: restaurant down the
1: street. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the famous okay. Sun Young guy. <laughs> uh,
0: okay, that was a, little, a little joke,
1: man. Cut that out. <laughs> you, sick, you sick freak. <laughs> <laughs> like <Northern> <laughs> it's like the rock with
4: goldfish. You sick freak. Yeah, I can go to Mexico, because all I need to know is Cerveza, por favor. Get Gerardo El Cerveza, La
0: Cerveza. There you go. That's right. How about Corona? Okay, yeah.
1: That's <laughs> my kind of beer next to the yingling. There we go. Now you're talking. Okay. There you
0: go. Shawn Michaels will go after
1: his third
0: reign as Intercontinental Champion on July
1: 23,
0: 1995. At In Your House 2, the Lumberjacks in Nashville, his reign would last ninety one days, and then here's him, here's when we come to Dean Douglas or j d and Gerard. I think I might find it interesting of course uh JD, of course I'm sure Gerard you know this too Dean Douglas was of course in reality Shane Douglas, which I didn't know that for for the longest time, but of course uh yeah, okay uh of course uh, he would only have uh one reign which didn't really last that long. Of course, it was on October twenty second, 1995, uh, at In Your House 4, the Great White North, up in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Uh, Gerard, is anywhere near your neck of the woods? Where? Winnipeg. No, no. I'm, uh,
4: I'm closer to Toronto.
0: Close to Toronto. Okay. I'll keep that in mind then. Okay, thank you. Uh, And, of course, uh, course it says here, Douglas won the title by forfeit due to Michaels being attacked outside a nightclub in Syracuse, New York, eight days before, on the 14th. Hmm. I didn't know he was attacked at a nightclub. Yeah. Uh, I did not know that. Okay. But I believe, okay, also that same night at that same pay-per-view, Razor Ramon would getting his fourth title reign. And we'll go on to hold on to that belt for ninety-one days. So Gerard Razor Ramon redeemed himself at that pay-per-view. So there you go. <clears throat> um, uh, but Goldust Dust did his first title reign on January twenty first, nineteen ninety six, in Fresno, California, to Royal Rumble, and he would he, he would hold it for a good seventy-one days. On April 1st, 1996, the title became vacated at a Raw taping in San Bernardino, California. Held up when a title defense against Salvia Vega ended in a no contest. This was this was it wasn't aired until two weeks after that on a tape delay. Um, Of course, uh, Roll doesn't pick up his second um, title reign at the same Raw in San Bernardino. He would add an additional 83 days to his long reign as an Intercontinental Champion. He defeated Salvia Vega in a rematch. This match did not take place. You notice know, it says there on April the 1st. This match did not air until April 22nd.
3: Hmm.
0: A week later. Huh. Uh, three weeks later. Hmm. Now that's getting stranger and stranger. Hmm. Hmm. Here we go. Ahmed Johnson. and Notice not when he was fat. This is when he was actually had a body, I think. We can say. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yes. Uh, I think this is the only reign that he had as Intercontinental Champion. Um, on June 23, 1996, at King of the Ring in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, he held it for a
1: good 50 days.
0: Hmm. Even 50 days.
1: even. Um, I think we're expecting a surprise here shortly.
0: Uh, we are. Uh, okay, I'll be
1: che- checking it out here in just a minute. Uh,
0: excuse me. Uh, of course, on August 12, 1996, uh, on um, Raw from Seattle, Washington, John, Ahmed Johnson forfeited the title after being attacked by the debuting Farouk after winning in an 11 man battle royal. Okay. And uh, Mark Merrow started his reign as Intercontinental Champion on September 23, 1996, in a Raw in Hershey, Pennsylvania. And his reign lasted 28 days. He defeated Farouk in a tournament final to win the Intercontinental Belt. And here was Triple H's, Hunter Hearst Helmsley's first reign as Intercontinental Champion. On October 21st, 1996, in Fort Wayne, Indiana on Raw. wall, he held the belt for 115 days. Then, of course, we had, once again, we, we come now to Rocky Maivia. His first reign was on February 13th, the day before Valentine's Day, <clears throat> um, February 13th. Uh, he won it at a raw taping in Lowell, Massachusetts. He held it for 74 days. Very impressive. And then, of course, a man who we all believe is, should be another manager who should go into the Hall of Fame, the one knowing the late Owen Hart. He won the title on April 28, 1997, at a is War in Omaha, Nebraska. He held it for 97 days. Yes, I do agree. That was, a, that's a, that was an impressive run. Uh, of course, Stone Cold Steve Austin, uh, he won the belt he from Owen Hart at SummerSlam on August 3rd, 97. He held the belt for 36 days. <clears throat> the belt was vacated on September 8th of 97, vacated due to a neck injury. Austin, Austin, Stone Cold suffered in winning the Intercontinental Belt. Owen Hart won the belt back at Bad Blood in St. Louis on October 5th, 1997. <clears throat> had a defeat Farouk in a tournament final he held the belt for 35 more days. <clears throat> Stone Cold Steve Austin's second reign would come at Survivor Series in Montreal. Uh, on November 9, 1997, he would hold the belt for 29 more days. <clears throat> the Rock <clears throat> uh, would go on. Would, uh, out of Rawls' War in Portland, Maine, would get his second title reign on December 8, 1997, when Stone Cold literally handed the belt to The Rock of course, The Rock was formerly known as Rocky Maivia. The Rock would go on to hold the belt for 265 days—a very impressive run there. And then Triple H would go. Triple H would go and, uh, <clears throat> of course, gain another run as Intercontinental Champion. And this was uh, at SummerSlam in New York on August 30, 1998. He held the belt for no, for another 40 days. And then on August 9, 1998. It was, the belt was vacated due to injury. And then next, Ken Shamrock, believe it or not, held, uh, picked up the belt at a Rawlers War in Uniondale, New York, on October 12, 1998. He held the belt. He was going to hold it for 125 days. He defeated X-Pac in a tournament final.
1: 1-1, hmm. Very... one, one, by the way, seeing as he just tied it up. Damn! Four minutes to go, and the Penguins are four minutes away from the shot. So now it is one-one. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Great, thank you, much, JD, for uh, giving that here to us. And Michelle is, as is, we said, she didn't hear this next part. She's going to be quite fascinating with this. Val Venus would pick up his first Intercontinental title reign on Valentine's Day, nineteen ninety-nine, at, at in Your house St. Valentine's Day Massacre in Memphis, Tennessee. He would hold Intercontinental Bell for 29 days. Billy Gunn was the guest referee in this match.
4: With a money shot.
0: That's it. That was an impressive move, that said. That was a very impressive move. The Red Dog would pick up a, a reign as Intercontinental champion on March 15, 1999 at a Rawls war in San Jose, California. His reign only lasted 14 days. Gold Duck would pick up his third reign as Intercontinental champion Two weeks later, on March 29th, at a Rawls War in East Rutherford, New Jersey, his reign also lasted 14 days. <clears throat> the Godfather, of course, this year, nothing to the Hall of Fame, would pick up his his first reign as Intercontinental Champion on April 12, 1999, at a Rawls War in Detroit. His reign will last 43 days. And, of course. Oh, train! Oh, train! That's right.
4: <laughs> hey, if it ain't
0: easy. You got that right. <laughs> I know that's <laughs> what Of course, next one is Jeff Jarrett on an episode of Wall's War from Moline, Illinois, May 25th, 1999. He was going to hold the belt for 60 days. Ain't he that's great? Yeah. Tennessee Lee's always always asking everyone that question. Ain't he great? Yeah. nuts. Slap nuts. This, this, <laughs> this, <laughs> What Was his move at WCW? was it the stroke? He called it the stroke. Right? Yeah, the stroke. Yeah, that's what I thought. We were
4: talking about that. That's almost like Mrs. Uh, Skull Crushing Finale. Remember? I think we were talking yeah. about that one Saturday night, me and you. Remember?
0: I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, 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 everybody now, everybody seems to want to use older moves and rename it something else to try make themselves look good now. So that's that's something else. This match right here um, aired was on tape delay with air on TV six days later. Just over a week earlier, Jared's tag team partner, the Blue Blazer, of course we all know his late Owen Hart, was meant to win the title at Over the Edge, but of course he died after an entrance accident. We all remember that. The title was, instead say, later dropped to his friend and partner, Jared, in Owen Hart's memory. Yeah. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Charlotte.
3: Wait a minute, Ger- Gerard.
0: Wait a minute, Gerard. Um, 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 I just have to... I just. I didn't notice here. I almost checked on it, but that spider's back.
2: Did you, did you find it? Did
0: you find I lost that spider? Did, did you grab him? Uh,
4: yeah, I grabbed it.
0: Yeah, what, what does it say? Did it say something?
4: Uh, it does. It says... There's a bunch of stuff. It has like a little letter on it. It says, Here, read this. And this is what it says. It says, I'm a spider. I will bite you. Watch out. And you can't teach that. And it says, TVWBWA, the bitch, the black witch, big <laughs> attitude. I messed it up, but I don't care because.
2: I'm King NWO, motherfucking man.
0: <laughs> He's on a roll. <laughs> He's on a
3: play roll.
0: And, of course, Gerard can only talk about one person, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, it is indeed. It is Gerard's uh, Attitude Radio partner, Paul Heyman, too. His Paul Heyman, of course, part of Attitude Radio, every Saturday night from 9 to 11 on TalkShoot.com, one three eight 982 pounds by the way. And, of course, one-third of the NWO Madness team in from Wrestling Debate every Wednesday night from 8 to 9, one hour before the rest Wednesday edition of Revolution, <clears throat> Right here on talk to you Yes, I'm referring to the, also the first 2015 Hall of Famer, the one and the only black widow herself, the lovely, lovely Michelle Lynn Dodds. Michelle, welcome to number 169 of the Mothership Revolution.
2: Uh. Oh, did we lose her?
0: they are tell me her dogs ate her. Hello.
4: Testicle one, testicle two. <coughs> <laughs> testicle. Well, what? It was a test. I mean, test, test, one, two, three, eight, yes. Are you
0: there? I have her on, but I don't hear her.
4: And I lost my beer cap. Oh, well. somebody will get it. Oh, well.
0: well I will. We'll, we'll, we'll keep checking. Hopefully, she'll pop on here and. uh. And, jo- and I don't know why, jo- and why John thought it was either John thought, by J.D.'s surprise, John thought it was one of three people he thought it was either Obama Donald Trump or Hitler
3: what? <laughs> Hitler? <laughs> That's
0: what he said.
4: fuck man, uh, if you can get Hitler on, that would be awesome yeah mm-hmm.
0: that would be, a- oh lord have mercy Oh, hail Hitler! Hey, we would definitely get the we would definitely get the, the the listeners in here if that would happen. <laughs> oh, I'd boy.
4: love to get Donald Trump, man. He'd be he'd be funny, man.
0: Yeah, where's your hair, Donald? No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there
4: you go. <clears throat> Let's see Donald else we Trump get will in. make America great again, and so will Darren Young. There
0: you go. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I will have to say he's doing with Bob Backlund. That's hilarious. i <laughs> that as that. I like that. Um, oh, we got a bunch more of these guys here. I'm gonna read a few more here and we'll stop with the night. We'll finish this off tomorrow on uh, on Wolfpack here. Uh there's a few more here I will I will read. <clears throat> uh, of course Edge would go on his first title reign on July twenty fourth, nineteen ninety nine. He would only hold and and here we go, Gerard, he won it at a house show in Toronto, but he only got to hold it for one night. Who did? Edge. What? Called, that's a conspiracy, he called, man. He calls at fully loaded in 1999 at, in Buffalo, New York. Jeff Jarrett would gain his fifth uh, title title reign a day, a night later by by regaining it. But Jeff, but get the, but 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 you are, but that's okay because it's kind of softened the blow. Jeff Jarrett only held it. This rain only lasted uh, two days. His his rain only lasted two days. (laughs) Two days? uh, Jeff Jarrett did, yeah. Mm
4: -hmm. What the hell is that, man? Was he hitting people with guitars?
0: I have no idea, but it it keeps getting weirder. Now listen to this. It keeps getting weirder. D.L.O. Brown would win it on a July 27th, 99th episode of Raw is War. Of course, they wouldn't air that until August the 2nd. On tape delay, of course. Of it is one
1: one as we go to overtime. Thank you very much, sir, JD from a Rawls War in Colum- and Columbus,
0: Ohio. There you go. D'o's reign would last twenty six days. And believe it or not, Br Brown's European belt was on the, also also on the line in that match on at, at Raw in Columbus in nine nine as well. Jeff Jarrett would also get his gain his sixth title reign as intercontinental champion. On August twenty second, nineteen ninety nine, at SummerSlam in Minneapolis, Minnesota, mm-hmm. by winning the Intercontinental Belt, he would go on to hold that belt for another fifty six days and get this, Gerard. He also won the Intercontinental, I mean the European ch- title in the process. Jeff Jarrett won two belts at SummerSlam ninety nine. I did not well, know that. Well, he is great. Yeah, he is, ain't he? Yeah, he sure is. <clears throat> now here is when it gets really good. China, here we go. China would get gain her first reign on October 17, 1999, at No Mercy in Cleveland, Ohio, in a good housekeeping match at No Mercy. That reign would last 56 days. Impressive, and very impressive by China. Bar none, right? Yes. Yes. Say. Yes, indeed. Chris Jericho. However, uh, on December twelfth, nineteen ninety nine, on at Armageddon in Sunrise, Florida, would win the Intercontinental Belt. That rain lasted twenty two days. And here's when here's when it gets real tricky, guys. And I mentioned this before about when I was reading the Wikipedia thing about China. Now this is when we got Chris Jericho and China as the co-Intercontinental Champions. Y'all remember this, right? Whenever they both had that belt.
3: Okay. Mm-hmm. On January
0: 3rd, 2000, on an episode of Rawls' War in Miami, Florida, they held the belt for 20 days, for over two weeks, together. On December 28, 1999, which aired on December 30, 1999, on SmackDown, a title match between China and Jericho ended in a double pinfall. As a result, they were recognized as co-champions. Now, you know, Gerard, JD, listen, listen, to what, listen to this next statement. Tell me what you think about this. WWE doesn't recognize this period as an official reign as the title is considered vacant. Hmm. That, to me, is a crock. Yeah. That is a freaking crock, my personal opinion. Why would they recognize as an official reign if both of them were holding that belt? I mean, that's strange, though, isn't it? I mean, Mm -hmm. They're just taking away just pieces of their own history, is all I'm saying. Chris Jericho would also start his second reign as Intercontinental Champion January twenty third, 2000 at Royal Rumble in New York City. Jericho defeated China and Hardcore Holly in a triple threat match to become the undisputed Intercontinental Champion. He would hold on to that belt for 35 days. Kurt Angle would pick up his first reign as Intercontinental Champion on February 27, 2000. At No Way Out in Hartford, Connecticut, Angle is also European champion during this time. Uh, uh, Gerard, would you like to try our lady in waiting and see if she has, see if she is still here?
5: Hello, paging
4: MLD. MLD, are you there? That's my that's my best Maxim voice ever. Tell you what.
0: (laughs) I have, I have her on here, and she's logged in, so I don't know why she's not answering. Hello, hello, come to the office. Michelle <laughs> and Michelle and, Dodd, Michelle and Dodds, uh, your son is waiting for you to be picked up. Uh, <clears throat> okay, I don't mind you. Like
4: <laughs> Elmo said, testicle one, testicle two. <clears throat>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, okay. <laughs> Okay. I've
4: been in the okay. sun too much, I tell you.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. How fast do you ride that bike, are, when you now deliver the, the the um papers?
4: I don't deliver no I don't ride no bike. What do I look like? I have a little red wagon and it carries my papers.
0: <laughs> oh.
4: <laughs>
0: okay. Okay. How fast do you push the wagon? <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. I'm just, I'm as slow as I can go. Okay, 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 okay. I'm, I'm just curious, I'm
4: just curious, okay,
0: I'm just, I'm a nosy neighbor, I'm curious, okay. I'm a nosy neighbor, you're a nosy neighbor from North Carolina. Yeah, we the nose as long as Pinocchio's, man, hey, boo, okay, yeah, there you go, okay. A couple more here, then we'll, end it, then we'll, then we'll call it a night here. Uh, <clears throat> uh, Chris Benoit, of course, his first ring started at WrestleMania 2000 on April 2nd, 2000. One of first fall the two fall triple threat match between Jericho and Kurt Angle, where both of Kurt Angle's championships were at stake. Pin Jericho to win and win fall and claim championship. Yes, I think Angle had both the European and Intercontinental belt at the time. I think he was calling himself the Euro Continental champion or something like that. Yeah. Jericho uh, would win it back a month later on an episode of SmackDown in Richmond, Virginia. Um, <clears throat> It was on May second that he won it. That didn't air until two days later. That rain will last another six days. Benoit would, would get it back on an episode of Rawls War in, from Uniondale, New York. That rain lasted forty three days. Rikishi, his first rain lasted uh, started on June twentieth two thousand. That rain lasted two weeks. One won an episode of SmackDown from Memphis. That episode that episode didn't uh, wasn't shown until two days after he won it. Uh, Val Venus his second reign. he won it on the 4th of July in 2000 episode the Smackdown from Fort Lauderdale, Florida but he didn't air until two days later on a tape delay Uh, okay China won it again okay here we go China won the Intercontinental belt again in a mixed tag team match that pitted China and Eddie versus Val Venus and Trish Stratus China pinned Trish it was at SummerSlam in Raleigh, North Carolina. I did not. This I did not know. I had no idea. On August twenty seventh, two thousand, that reign only lasted another eight days. So, so a little more than a week. But she had that built. Uh <clears throat> Eddie Guerrero, his first title reign, lasted on September fourth, two thousand. He won a, it. was a triple threat match. that also involved Kurt Angle. Over uh, at a Rawls War in Lexington, Kentucky, he held it for another 78 days. Uh, <clears throat> Billy Gunn's first title reign started on November 21st, 2000. Uh, that reign started on November 21st, and then they didn't air the match until two days later. Um, and that reign only lasted 19 days. And uh, Benoit's next reign was uh, his third reign was on December 10th, 2000. At Armageddon in Birmingham, Alabama, that reign lasted forty-two days. And then Jericho won it again for his fourth reign on January twenty first, two thousand one at the Royal Rumble in a ladder match in New Orleans. That match that 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 reign lasted seventy-two days. And then on an episode of SmackDown in Oklahoma City, Triple H for his third reign as Intercontinental Champion. Um Wanted on April the third, and then not showed it two days later. He only had it for a week. But, and we're going to leave it at that, here, ladies and gentlemen. We got plenty more to go here, um, but we're going to finish the rest of this off on tomorrow's edition of NWO Wolfpack. So, so, <clears throat> uh, so definitely, like I said, be sure to tu- be sure to tune in here. Uh, we definitely want to double check here. Okay, uh, Gerard Michelle apparently, I think she might have been having phone problems. She. We lost her, so I hate that. I hate we didn't have her on, so Uh, so something must have happened with her phone. Uh, On that note, um, uh, Gerard, we covered uh, two or three little wrestling stories uh, tonight. I talked a little bit about the NXT show. uh, um, uh, It was pretty uh, pretty interesting. um, Some pretty interesting happenings there, including, I noticed, uh, the contract signing for the Divas... uh, Title match between Ascua and Nia Jax with Nia Jax attacking Ascua. So, kind of looking forward to that and seeing what's going to take place. And of course, a sit down interview between Samoa Joe and Finn Balor. That's one, that right there. It's going to be a very interesting match to see. And also, of course, we did talk about it a little bit more detail. I don't know if you had a chance to see the official trailer for WWE 2K17, but they have released it, including Goldberg now. I told J.D. this earlier, Gerard, and I want to get your opinion on this. This reminded me of a lost WCW episode, man. Uh, him being escorted by the police officers. <laughs> coming, oh, out yeah. the old, coming out to the old WCW music. Are you kidding me? I mean, what would you take? Say, hey, let me tell you something. What gets me is, I want to ask you all a before we leave the show tonight about that. Here, Here it is that on the Goldberg DVD that they released here not too long ago, that that they would show the clips of a lot of his WCW matches, and they block the, his WCW theme and replace it with the theme he used in WWE. Right?
1: Yeah. And yet,
0: in this commercial, they'll use the WCW theme in this. And Gerard, what's your take on that? I think that's crazy. Yeah. I mean I mean seriously. Why would they why why would they flip, why would they do that also? I mean I mean that sounds strange to me. Why they wouldn't use it in, on D V D yet they'll use it in a commercial. I mean J D, what's your take on this?
1: Yeah, you're right, you're hundred percent right, I agree with you.
0: Mm. I know but I mean are they are, are do you think and I'm gonna ask you both, you guys is do you honestly think that they're trying to get in on his good graces. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean I mean you yeah. heard that uh well you know when the interview that they did with Goldberg J D you heard me heard what I, what I was talking about what I mentioned earlier on the show. So what he was saying that you know he wasn't like he was before. But he you know he's saying that uh um would he like to be that way again he said absolutely but I mean, he said he just likes to. but but I mean I mean it's almost sound kind of like to me he wants to come back and do some competing but uh I mean Gua, do you still feel that he may not make another WWE run?
4: Um, you know what? I could see him like being like maybe like uh doing a pay per view like a one off or a WrestleMania or something, just one big matchup to blow it yeah. out because He's not. He's not. A, he's not getting any younger. He, what? He's like forty something.
0: Forty nine, I think is what I heard. Is what I saw, yes.
4: So he's so, not. Yeah. He could go maybe a short little run. Do a couple of. Uh, maybe do a raw or <clears throat> do a, and then uh, do a pay per view. I'd like to see him maybe do a, like a a WrestleMania, but see, you gotta have to build it up so. Can he? Can he do the build-up? Right. I think he's still in good shape, though. Yeah, I mean, he's
0: he's not as muscular. I mean, obviously, he's not as muscular as he used to be. I mean, the way he looks in the commercial, I mean, could be could be a little bit different than what he's saying in these interviews here. He looks great, my personal opinion.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, but I mean, is he physically up to the challenge again? I mean, we we'll have to wait and see on that. I think Michelle did try to make it back on. Michelle, are you on?
5: Yes, sorry.
0: That's that's probably right, my dear. Um we were just like I said going to wind it up here, but we were just actually talking about let me get your let me get your take on this. One story we talked about here the last couple of nights. I'm sure you probably heard about WWE W E two K seventeen coming out in October video game. And I'm sure you've probably seen the trailers for apparently now they're gonna be putting out a two playable versions of Goldberg. And at WCW and WWE personas of Goldberg, and I don't know if you've seen the commercial for it, the trailer, the commercial for it already, but the way they did it was almost kind of similar to what the way he walked to the ring in WCW, and I was telling JD and, and Gerard this just now. It kind of reminded me of a lost WCW episode, the way because it had police officers walking on either side of him. You now, how whenever he would walk to the ring. And you yeah. have security guards, police officers, whatever, walking on either side of them. You know, mm-hmm. it kind of reminded me of that. But one thing that got me was when, whenever he, whenever they showed him in this commercial, what got me was they played his old WWE theme in this commercial. And one reason why I found that strange was the first of all, I haven't heard that theme played on TV in years. I mean, none of us have. Not since his first, his first night in the WWE, apparently, whenever he faced off against The Rock. I think that's, I think that's, that's, a, that's a good assessment. It was back in 03, was like uh, 13 years ago. Mm-hmm. However, I, I was a fellow at Jordan JD. What I found strange was is that they'll take the Goldberg DVD, they'll take a lot of his WCW matches, and they'll dub the music he used in WCW. And put the WWE theme he had over that. Yet in this commercial, they'll use the WCW theme. What's your take on that, Michelle?
5: Um, I mean, that's interesting. That
0: strange, that's why. That's why I'm saying.
5: Um, I did see the trailers and all that stuff because Caleb was the first one to actually see it, and he's having a conniption times. Fifty thousand to get the game. Um, so I mean, I find it kind of I find it interesting. I mean, it's it's I'm glad they put Goldberg in it, and I know they have some others in there and stuff because he was naming them off when he was watching it or whatever. Um, but I do find that interesting.
0: Yeah, I mean, but why they would, why they wouldn't use it in in the on the you know DVD why they wouldn't use it on the DVD, yet for some odd reason they would use it That's in the screen. Right, exactly. I mean that I mean I don't know, maybe like I said, a lot of things in i I'm sure may have changed since between the two since the two had happened apparently. So
3: mm-hmm. um
0: but I was just getting a take on that take on that and let me ask your personal opinion since seeing this and since the talk has been out there, you know, about you know I've been talking to Goldberg about possibly making another appearance WWE in some fashion. What's your take on what would, what could we see what could his WWE future be, in your personal opinion, Michelle?
5: Uh I'm sorry, can you repeat that
0: Jim? No problem. What could what in your personal opinion, what could what could Goldberg's WWE future be? Oh
5: I mean, um well, I'd like to see Goldberg back again um and his nice little tights and, you know, actually do a spear that makes frickin' sense. Um <clears throat> other than, you know, Roman Reigns and Charlotte, which those are pathetic. Um yeah. I don't see him coming back though. I don't I don't see him having a career with WWE anymore, but I'm hoping maybe I'm wrong because you know, he is one that could benefit the WWE right now.
0: But, I mean, being me Coach hard, of course, as just said that, you know, if he did, it could be something to the effect of maybe something small, maybe like a, a WrestleMania appearance, like yeah. a match, or some, some capacity like that. But, hey, I mean, he
5: could spear Roman. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah.
5: Yes, I like your thinking.
0: Of course, I'll off- are talking about doing that. <laughs>
4: Yes. And course, hey, hey, did you hear? Did you hear my intro, or did you, you didn't hear it? Who me? Yeah. Uh. Uh-uh. When you came on the last time. Oh, you oh, didn't I'm hear I'm it here
5: because my fucking phone dropped the call and I'm all retarded and shit.
0: I was um, JD and I uh, Michelle was talking about the history of past Intercontinental champions. And believe it or not, J D could bat me up on this I had brought up Razor Ramon. i had I was not looking at the chat box, I had no idea who was that, that anybody else had popped on. And J D boun me up and tell him tell me if I'm right or wrong on this. The man I said Razor Ramon. Yep Gerard Gerard who came part,
4: I in? The King NW... Was, NW wait, no, I screwed it up again. King
1: Fucking
4: someone. NWO.
0: That's it. That's it. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Yeah. That's it. So. Yeah. He got, he got, he got us good. I mean, he got J.D. and I good. I mean. Mm-hmm.
4: Um, I was just you know, waiting. I heard you guys talking. I was just trying to think of something. I was so tired. I'm thinking, what can I say? I was going to, like. Do something. I don't know. I was, I was thinking. Then, then you said Razor Ramon. I'm like Razor Ramon. Hey yo. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, I said, I oh lord, I just wasn't be one. And then,
4: and then, then we were. I was using my best Mexican voice to uh, see if you were there, and uh, you weren't there. And then I was, yeah, but, uh, but yeah. Uh, my phone
5: decided to be stupid.
4: I was doing, I was doing, wait, I don't know if I can do it now. MLD, no, wait, MLD, no, jeez, I can't do it now. How can no, I do You had it that right, was it. that was it. No, that was it. That turned was right. It turned on, it turned on, it turns off. Ah, man, it's like a broken coffee maker, I tell you. MLD. <laughs> MLD, I'm here. <laughs> oh, yeah,
0: that's right. It's on, no. <laughs>
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, oh, I love it. On that note, guys, um, uh, Gerard, any final wrestling thoughts you care to share with us before we leave there this evening?
4: Well, I don't think so. But this beer is fucking <laughs> good, man. <laughs> After slaying all those papers, I look like a red lobster. And in my little red wagon, I was putting along and throwing people papers and saying, hello! And goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I'm
0: surprised on your, on your yes. wall that you, you don't have the NWO stuff. Sorry, on. guys. I
1: just had to get a little excited there again. The Penguins are now up 2-0 in the city. Just won in overtime, two to one So two games away from the Stanley Cup making it number four in Pittsburgh. They go to San Jose up 2-0
4: i got to tell you a story. I was on my paper route, and my nut my nuts fell off, and then my cart broke, and I had to go to my buddy's.
1: Wait, did you get see your nut? Did the other ones yeah, walk you? Yeah, I had you? to get new
4: nuts. Listen, listen, no, listen. I had to get new nuts, and then he gave me a beer, and then I had a beer, and then I had, he gave me a nut and a bolt, and he fixed me up. He gave me some tools, and then I went back on my paper route, and I come back and drink more beer.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: oh, I love it. Sure. That's great, that is pretty good though he got' over uh, that is good.
0: I just had an update speaking of updates guys I just actually had an update from one of my other friends here from the, the uh the home of w w s right here in north carolina uh also a one of our members in WWS, and I am in shock one hundred percent in freaking shock. After eleven freaking innings, the Atlanta Braves finally won a game five to four over the Texas Giants. What's the record seven. now? Two and thirty. I think so.
4: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. but, but the thing about it is, they were um, the, the thing about is he was uh, he was saying that you know how they say it is doing something on Facebook, whatever. He said he was celebrating the Atlanta Braves win. So after eleven freaking innings. The Braves won at 5-4 over the Giants. Man,
4: they should drink a half a beer for
0: that. Yeah, they should. They'll probably clean out the whole Blaine Stadium full of alcohol and all that. After they will probably riot the whole city of Atlanta, for all I know. Holy cow! I don't know if they played in. how if they played in Atlanta or San Francisco. I don't know where they played that game at this tonight. Uh. Anyway, uh, <clears throat> uh right before, we, right, right at the beginning of. Um, Outside the rubs here tonight here, uh, John, don't make fun of my team. I don't make fun of yours, okay? Don't do that. You're on, hey, 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 you're on, you're on, you're on hot rocks, everybody. You better be careful. About <laughs> I'm to suck you, yeah, you better watch what you say there. Anyway, <clears throat> uh, uh, we said, of course, J.D. and I said on outside the ropes earlier this evening, I did report this <clears> this <throat> when we were coming on the air that I don't know if any, anyone here, and J.D., Michelle, I know, I'm, I'm in I don't know if you ever watched The Dukes of Hazzard back in the day or not. Oh, um, hell
2: yeah.
0: Well, but,
4: yeah, of course. What are you talking about?
0: Okay. Dan Jones, better known as Cooter, um, was po- posted by his wife earlier today that he fell and broke his hip today. Oh, no. Aww. But he's but they said tomorrow he was going in to have surgery. So, we definitely began about Outside the Rooks. We definitely did say a prayer for him. So, definitely, we'll definitely have to say a prayer for Ben Jones. I'll be with speedy recovery on that. Uh, we had a whole lot say going on outside the Rooks. It's not like it's our entertainment show. A whole lot going on here. Of course, we also talked about the fact that I uh, uh, finally went and saw Captain America Civil War on Monday, which was a great movie. Um, um, I definitely recommend going to see that. If you haven't yet, but that's a great movie. Um, and we talked about a whole bunch of other little things, including I was reading something from uh, Forbes Facebook thing that this one lady who was was a CEO of a company or something
1: that had her as
0: the highest paid woman of all uh, of, of business here recently. JD, I think I just said it was four point seven billion point
1: something billion. Something like you said, yeah.
0: But, but dropped down all the way to nothing. It's trending on Facebook. It's on Facebook somewhere. That's where I found it. At. So, and then, like so you can go back and find all that. I think uh, Gregor has actually got all that on uh, the radio archives page now. So you can find all that on that page now. So, uh, Michelle, anything you wish to add before we leave the air to see you? Um. Uh.
5: No.
0: Okay. Uh, and all, oh, by the way, too, uh, Michelle, your son sent me a friend request earlier today, and I actually accepted and sent him a whole bunch more requests, too. Um, and um, and most of them were, were some of our people, and I think most of us actually accepted it already. I
4: accepted uh, it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think, I, think I sent it to John, and he accepted to Kendrick, to Gerard.
1: To Bobby, to Ann. If no
4: one accepts it, we will curb something.
1: That's what the Pens did yeah. to the Sharks tonight, and another good one. I, I am just. So, what I, are they? I'm up two games now? Yep. 2 0 going to San Jose, and Ray Con- Connor, the sniper share, the 5'8 old Mon- guy, comes through with a wrister, three minutes in overtime. So, yes, the Penguins are two wins away from Destiny.
0: I'm the looking the at the picture K right now. It doing? is a
1: mob scene outside the console right now. It is absolutely bedlam. They are how's the
4: HCK stuff. line doing? They, the scored, super- they
1: They got the first goal of the night, actually. They been do- They did real well again tonight. They scored the first goal of the night, however. So uh, they got to a flying start. In fact, they're interviewing Hagelin right now, believe it or not. Pierre McGuire is talking to him right now on NBC. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, so hopefully, like I said, if they can get one more win in San Jose Saturday night, Monday night, hopefully we'll bring out the brooms and bring home the cup because it's ready to be celebratory party time in the Steel City. Can there I punch
5: this Facebook member, like, really quick?
0: Sure, go
5: ahead. Um, because he has a picture up uh, on the top of his Roman Reigns with the belt saying, this is a champ, and at the bottom, Seth Rollins with the belt says, this is shit. I'm not sure what shit is.
0: But somebody's making fun of, um...
5: Seth Rollins. Oh, Who is there? On one of these fucking, excuse me, stupid Facebook groups.
2: Uh,
0: is it on one of
5: our pages? No. Okay. I don't even know which one this is. It just popped up in my news feed.
4: Well, if he is, we'll give him the
0: band hammer. Yeah right. Yeah, I'll sit. We'll sit. I'll sit. King Ice on him. there. You go. That sounds good to me. Roman uh-huh. Reigns. I'll put right. him in the
1: we'll
0: Texas and I'll
1: make him scream.
0: We'll stop him like the club. Stop John Cena.
1: Exactly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, y'all, 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 gonna find this shocking. Before we go, I'll add this. I'll, I'll ask all three y'all to remain on. I mentioned something to you before. After, before y'all hang out, there's one thing I want to mention before we leave the air. Believe it or not, there is one. There was one person. There was one person who was kind of, who was kind of sad that Cena got got beat up on Raw Monday night.
4: It was your buddy, right, Bobby? Yeah, he sent me. He sent me. I think he said he probably sent it to everybody. He's like. Uh, I forget what he sent me now. He sent me something. He's like, AJ shouldn't have did that to John Cena.
0: Yeah. He put it on his heel turns page as well. So, um, so yeah, definitely check out his page, his group page here. He, there. He's delivering heel turns. Uh, we need put some more stuff on his page, too, but you don't have a whole lot on there right now. You don't have we'll, a whole lot of that.
4: We'll, we'll hook him up with something.
0: Yes, we will. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll do. we will do that. Because we
4: love know. heel turns.
0: Yes. <laughs> we we, we not do that here, we had. almost yeah, like that.
4: this beer, but not really. But
0: you know, <laughs> almost absolutely. And of course, tomorrow night on NWO Wolfpack, ladies and gentlemen, we'll definitely finish off our list of uh, the great. Uh, finish off our list of the Intercontinental Champions here. To, of course, according to Wikipedia here, and some more here you'll find quite interesting here. So we'll definitely take care of that. So I definitely want to thank King NWO Gerard T. Smith. Mm-hmm. The Iceman, J.D. Giorgi D. D. Giralmo, the Black Widow, Michelle Lynn Dodds. Excuse me for one second. <laughs> Pardon me. Uh, <laughs> and the human surprise machine, John Gross. Part, um, and excuse me once again. I apologize about that. This is mister W S Chad Henshaw. Here, uh, of course, from the WS Radio Network. Of course, episode 169 of the Motorship Broadcast Revolution. Of course, phone number, as always, 1724-444-7444. Call ID the six magical numbers one three eight zero five five pound, and this has been a broadcast of the WWS Radio Network. Work for one year older, we are continuing to be bolder, and of course WWS Radio Network, <clears throat> we always continue to be your wrestling connection. Gang, take care, see you in the ring, mm-hmm. and as always, here in the radio network, God bless.
2: Good night.